Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. It's not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Oh, hey. It's Alexis. Pre-coffee Alexis, which means that this is also before I've used my voice to speak to any humans at all. As you can tell, I'm walking through my noisy neighborhood, heading in the direction of caffeine, which is best for all of us, I think. And... uh, I'm just, you know, practicing using my gravelly voice. It's giving me thoughts right now about maybe I should pitch myself to be a late-night radio show host. I could introduce sultry sound sets with my my deep, my deepness. (laughs) Oh, man. Nothing makes you feel less, less productive or more ashamed of what time you woke up than walking to go get your first coffee and seeing people who've been exercising in a boot camp all morning. (laughs) Oh, all right, that's fine. Um, I'm calling to leave you a voicemail in my noisy city because, you know, as, as per usual, you, you guys, are the best. You have the best questions and the best ideas and the best answers, so I want to share some of that. Um... I let's see what happened in the last few weeks. I recorded my first ever audiobook, which was amazing and awkward. And if you follow me on Instagram, you may have heard the story about how I was attacked by a spider, spider bro, in the booth while recording and had an outburst live while recording with the director Skyped in from New York and the audio engineer listening. If you want to know more about that, please please leave me a voicemail. Um, So I've recorded my audiobook, which is amazing. I'm so excited. I also released the pre-order of my book. You can now actually buy my book. You can help me pay my rent and my Wi-Fi bill by ordering my book at Find Your F Yeah, because the internet doesn't like expletives, dot com. FindYourFYeah.com. The reason I'm sending you there and not just straight to Amazon or Barnes & Noble is because if you pre-order my book through my little website, you get a whole bunch of bonuses. And I promise the advertisement is over now. The reason I'm telling you about these bonuses is because one of them is that I promised anyone who pre-ordered my book that they would get a free DM pep talk from me on Instagram, a video pep talk on the subject of their choice. Anything they wanted to talk about, I would leave a video voicemail for them. And you know what? I got a lot of really good questions. And so I thought I'd bring up a couple of them. See, you know what? I'm, before, I even, before I even attempt to share this question and answer it with you, I'm going to need to put coffee in my body. <laughs> so oh, hold, please. I'm going to go get myself caffeine. Oh my God, I'm back. <laughs> I have the nectar of life in my hand. If I were a video game, the power bar, the life bar would be like, I'm coming back y'all. Okay. Okay. So at to and fro fam wanted to know what are they supposed to do to deal with overwhelm? How do they avoid 
getting overwhelmed or paralyzed by all of the information and experiences they're taking in because they're in the middle of making big changes, making moves in their lives and their business. What are they supposed to do to avoid overwhelm? Yeah, good question. Good question at two and fro fam, because <laughs> what, what do we do? I was feeling overwhelmed this week and I love this question because it means that I get to dig deep and do research and figure out if there are some smart people who have answers to this question. Uh, turns out they do. Turns out some scientists have suggestions for us of what we can do to avoid getting overwhelmed. So let's talk about it. First of all, congratulations at To and Fro Fam for making moves in your life and taking risks. Good for you. Good for you for risking overwhelm. Really proud of you for that. I mean it. Um, I think of overwhelm in three different ways. I think there are probably more ways of experiencing it than that, but you know what? We're going to stick with three. The first version of overwhelm I like to call brain glitch. It's when you've absorbed so much information that you just, you can't focus on what you're doing anymore. You just like, it's, it's, I like to joke with my little sister that I have two neurons left in my brain named Frank and Dave. And they're across the chasm of my brain going, Hey, Dave, Dave, she needs the word for tiny horses. What's the word for tiny horses? And Dave is like, Frank, I don't, man, I don't know. I can't help you. I'm, this is it. I'm trying my hardest, but I don't have anything left for you. Frank and Dave are my two neurons that are trying to remember a word for me, but they can't because I am overwhelmed by the fact that I have just taken in so much information. My brain is glitching. I just like, I can't function because I've read 16 different papers and also watched two episodes of Queer Eye while taking my lunch break after reading all those papers. I'm glitching. Brain glitch overwhelm, number one. Number two, I like to call the I suck at life overwhelm, which is when it's like a combination of feeling physically tired and mentally exhausted and suddenly really cruel to yourself because you think you're failing at juggling all of the things in your life. So maybe you're like my friend who just landed this really sexy new job, but it's a challenging new job and she has a lot to learn at it. And on top of that, she has to commute to it. And also did I mention that she's still in school and getting a degree at nighttime on top of this new job and commute? Oh, and also she has to pack lunches and do laundry and get sleep because she's an, an adult person who has to pay bills and stuff. The I suck at life overwhelm is basically the feeling of hating yourself because you can't keep all of the balls in the air. Uh, and number three, <clears throat> oh boy, number three, I call choice paralysis overwhelm, which is just, I best describe as when I walk into a Whole Foods deli section and I'm looking at all of the options of food and I'm just paralyzed because there's too many things there. And of course, I don't normally go to a Whole Foods to get deli food because I normally make my lunch, but if I'm there, I'm already exhausted and hangry because I waited too long to eat and I need to get food right now and I'm staring and I'm overwhelmed because everything costs $17 and what am I even gonna order or buy? That is choice paralysis. Turns out choice paralysis isn't just a weird feeling that I get in Whole Foods, it's a real thing. Scientists in, what year was that? Future Alexis here, jumping in to help out past Alexis. That was the year 2000, and it was a study, a series of three experiments that were published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, something called When Choice is Demotivating. Can one desire too much of a good thing? Uh, spoiler alert, you can. It was specifically made famous because they found out that when they offered 
customers an option of six or less choices, they, they had a better time making that choice and they were happier with their selections rather than when they were given an option of 24 or 30 choices. And this was also true of taking on optional class essay assignments or um, other you know, projects. So they tried it in a bunch of different areas and basically figured out that when we have too many options, we get overwhelmed and shut down. If we have less than six options, we feel more satisfied with our choice and less overwhelmed. Okay, so whether it is brain glitch or I suck at life or choice paralysis, whatever version of overwhelm that you're dealing with, it all feels like evidence that you can't hack it or you should probably quit or you should hide under a blanket for a while. It, it is a feeling, but it feels like proof. This is the problem with overwhelm. It's just a feeling. It will pass with time and with patience, but we don't like being patient. I definitely don't. And so we end up using that feeling as a marker of decision-making and saying, well, I should probably not go to school and also try to get good at this new job where I'm commuting, or I should probably quit doing this thing that I really care about. You don't have to do that. We can prevent overwhelm and reverse it in some cases if we want to. So here's what I've learned from smart people and the research I did to answer this question. The first thing we can do to prevent or limit overwhelm is to let your subconscious do some of the work for you. I've mentioned this before, but your brain evolved to handle an enormous amount of information without you needing to think consciously about it. You can process between 60 and 120 bits of data per second, which for context is like listening to two people talk to you at one time takes about 120 bits of data per second to process. That's your max capacity of paying attention. However, your senses are taking in, I believe scientists estimate 11 million plus bits of data per second. So there's a 10 million plus bit data gap. Words are hard. That means that there's a lot of stuff flooding your subconscious mind. And when we think about the subconscious mind, we typically think of a like dark sub-basement of our brains full of not safe for work desires and dark and twisty emotions and repressed feelings. And that's because Sigmund Freud in the 20th century, the founder of psychoanalysis, painted a picture for us about the subconscious mind as sort of a, a, a bad place where we repress feelings we don't want to deal with. And that's not really accurate, it turns out. Scientists think that your subconscious mind is normal and healthy and it's just constantly running in the background of your life all the time, handling all that data that's flooding through your senses. So when I say let your subconscious do some of the work, I mean it takes time for your brain to process all the stuff happening to you. Information you're learning and experiences you're having, it takes time for your brain to deal with it. Sometimes it takes the literal effort of falling asleep because the things that we can't process consciously during the daytime are often sorted for us during one or two REM, maybe REM and deep sleep cycles. Future Alexis, please help. You totally got it past me. Pretty much all scientists officially concur that while we are sleeping, we are both consolidating memories that recently happened to us into long-term memories, and we're processing things that we learned during that day that didn't happen during conscious processing. And it looks like, according to a paper published in Psychological Research in 2012 called System Consolidation of Memory During Sleep by Jan Born and Ines Wilhelm, that, quote, system consolidation of long-term memories takes place during slow wave sleep, deep sleep, rather than rapid eye movement sleep, REM, end quote. 
which basically means you and I need to get to bed and consistently because it takes a little bit longer for us to fall into deep sleep than it does for us to go through a REM cycle. Cool? Cool. Thank you. So your subconscious actually processes information that you couldn't handle during the day while you're sleeping and helps you assimilate it into your life and make decisions based on it. So when I say let your subconscious do the work, I mean, it's gonna take time for you to absorb all this new information. The other thing you need to remember is that it takes time for your brain to automate things. The reason that you can drive to work and not really think about it, or the reason that you can you wake up and brush your teeth and do it sort of absentmindedly is because your brain automated that thing. You did it long enough and enough times that it could make a habit out of it. And whatever this new thing is that you're learning or experiencing, it's new. It's not a habit yet, which means you're bad at it, you're clunky at it, you're awkward at it, and you haven't done it enough to make it a habit. So if you give yourself permission to spend time you know, sleeping, thinking, just getting better at something, then your brain can automate it and make it easy for you. This thing actually might turn out to be easy for you if you give yourself time, which brings me to the second thing that we can do. Let yourself be bad at something for long enough to figure out if you even wanna get good at it. I'm gonna sip my coffee and let that sink in. Mm. I know, that was an Oprah moment, really. The reason we get overwhelmed immediately is because we think that we're supposed to be better at something than we are, or it's supposed to come more easily to us. But that's just a <laughs> side effect of being people who are told that we're supposed to be productive all of the time. You're allowed to be bad at something for a while. That's how people get good at things. No one starts out an expert. Everyone starts out a rookie. They just decided that they had, were willing to spend the time practicing and getting good at a thing. So if you're making changes in your life, it's probably because you want change which means it's gonna be weird and clunky and you'll be bad at it. So let yourself be bad at it so that you can figure out if you actually wanna get good at it. Because if you give enough time to your brain, it will automate your new life habits and make them easy for you. The third and final thing that we can do is practice doing one thing at a time. I've talked about this um, with my How to Like Being Alive email crew. What's up crew? I love you. Uh, and I've talked about this on other episodes. Future Alexis, please tell them. I think you're referring to episode nine, you're not lazy, your brain is glitching. There's evidence now that the human mind has a limited attention span. In fact, your attention span is your only limited inner resource. Your brain is an organ. It's not a computer. It has cells that require oxygen and glucose to function. So if you are trying new things or flooding it with data or making decisions, you can drain your energy and your attention and then you can't make any more decisions after that. In fact, there's a really good book uh, called The Organized Mind, I believe by Dr. Daniel J. Levitin. Am I, am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. Totally right. And also, you look really nice today and you can do anything you put your mind to. Love you. Um, he said there's new evidence that shows that the human mind can't prioritize that it has a limited number of decisions that it can make per day. And then beyond that, it, even if that choice that needs to be made is extremely important or valuable, it can't make that choice. There's a tipping point of how much attention we can pay as human beings before our brain just taps out. And that's what I was calling the brain glitch. When you've overloaded your brain with choices, decisions, and information, and then it just kind of glitches and goes, well, I did it all. I have nothing left for you. I'm overwhelmed. I'm in a glass case of emotion. So if you want to avoid 
brain glitch and choice paralysis, the best thing that you can do while you're learning this new thing is to do one thing at a time. So that means, you know, maybe don't have your TV on while you're studying and also have your phone out and also answer text messages and also respond to Slack messages on your work computer while also halfway through a draft of an email and also something else. Try to focus on one thing at a time because if you drain your attention span, that's it until you replenish it with sleep or a break or a rejuvenating walk around a busy neighborhood lake, you will glitch. Okay, let's recap. Overwhelm is a human thing, not a personal failure. It is a human thing that happens because we have brains that are organs that require oxygen and glucose to function. At some point in your life, many, many, many times, you will get overwhelmed. Don't take it as a personal failure and try not to take it as evidence, as hard evidence that you should quit this thing or that you're bad at it or it's proof that you should stop doing whatever it is you're doing. Definitely be self-aware and consider whether you're overwhelming yourself with multitasking and trying to do too much at once. That is a sign of overwhelm that you can control. You don't need to do everything at once. You can do one thing at a time. But don't let overwhelm be proof that you should quit this new thing or this new risk you're taking or whatever. Let your subconscious do some of the work for you. Give yourself time to absorb the experiences and information you're getting. Even though you can't control the amount of sleep you get necessarily, you could certainly try to control the consistency of your sleep by going to bed around the same time every day or waking up at the same time every day. So let your subconscious do some of the work for you. Give yourself time to absorb the information and experiences. Let yourself be bad at something long enough to figure out if you even want to get good at it because no one starts out an expert, everyone starts out a rookie, and it just takes time to practice. If you give yourself that time, you will eventually automate this thing that is currently clunky and awkward and overwhelming you. And finally, do one thing at a time. Don't give your brain any other reasons to get overwhelmed and tell you that you're a piece of human garbage. You're not. Try not to overwhelm your brain. Try to focus on one task at a time. And if you are feeling overwhelmed, get up and walk away from whatever it is you're doing. If you're staring at your computer screen and you're having writer's block, get up and walk around your house. Do some jumping jacks. Do a dance party in your kitchen. You know I love a good dance party. If you're feeling overwhelmed with your life and you're like, oh my God, I don't know, I made all these new decisions and I feel crazy, zoom out from your life and take a second and practice some gratitude. Change the thing you're thinking about. Think about what makes your life good right now. That will help your brain refocus your attention so that you're not overwhelmed 100% of the time. I will include all of the studies in the show notes so that you can, if you're a nerd like me and you want to know what they are, you can go read them. But thank you at to and fro fam for asking this awesome question. And thank you for listening to my very, very long voicemail. I love you the most. Um, If you have other questions where you want me to ask smart people information or do some deep digging to figure out if there's an easier way for us to like being alive, I would love to answer those questions for you you can leave me a voicemail. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Leave me a voicemail, ask your questions, tell me about how you're tired of hearing construction noise in my neighborhood. All you have to do is call 510-394-2104. One more time. 510-394-2104. Leave me a voicemail. Alternatively, if you don't like phones, you could try DMing me on Instagram at Alexis Rockley with your questions, your pep talk topics, anything you want. I'll say hi to you. Um, I think 
now that the coffee has fully kicked in, it's time for me to finish my, my neighborhood walk. I'm getting hungry, which means I'm going to get overwhelmed soon. I won't go to Whole Foods, though. I'm going to get home before I have to go look at the Whole Foods deli. There's so much money there, my God. Okay, I love you a lot. Call me when you get this, okay? Bye, 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 body roll, bye. Thank you.